All right. Hello and welcome back to the show. So I am super excited to be sitting here today with my guest, Curtis May. Curtis is the host of his own podcast called The Practical Wealth Show. And today we're going to be digging all into how to build wealth and how to manage your cash flow, especially as an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, or a real estate agent. Because as we all know, it's one thing to have a successful business, but it's another for that to translate into financial freedom and success in your personal life as well. So Curtis, without further ado, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here talking about my favorite subject, which is money and, <laughs> and keeping more of it. Okay. It's the most <laughs> important part. It's not what you earn is what you keep. And I'm the keep it guy. That's awesome, man. I think we all want to keep a little bit more of what we earn. And uh, so before we get into anything, would you mind just kind of sharing your story a little bit, telling us a little bit about who you are and, uh, you know, how did you get into uh, coaching others on how to manage cash flow and right. uh, keep more of their money? So I, long story short, because I've been, I got into the financial industry at 21 uh, when I realized the NBA was not looking for 5'11 shooting guards. And uh, so that was 1985. So I've been doing this a while. And, uh, you know, I was the typical advisor, you know, like buy term investor difference, max out your 401k. I thought mutual funds were the end all be all up right up until I want to say 2000 when I read where I lived through three crashes. And then um, I read a little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it kind of reframed me. That was kind of like my epiphany. It's like, wait, what I'm talking about and what he's talking about are different. And I thought I was helping people create wealth. So like creating wealth is a misnomer because no financial advisor can create wealth for you. That's complete BS, right? Wealth comes from you between your two ears. And so they can give you financial products, but products can't win for you. That's what I started to realize. And then, you know, kind of made the transition to principles, teaching principles that help our clients become and remain financially free. And so if you want an example of that, if you've ever read, or if you guys have ever read the richest man in Babylon, those are based on financial principles, not products, just a, a thought process of how you think. And so that's what, you know, I've learned and coaching people and, you know, I coach, but implement, I help them do the stuff that we're talking about and just really getting in and teach them, you know, here are the fundamentals, you know, you need to trust yourself. You know, everybody tells you as a business or everybody tells you, Oh, you know, you need to give your money to this financial institution for 30 years and hope the market goes up. Whereas I, that's nonsense. I mean, you, you know, investing. So my three rules of investing are investing what you know, right? You know real estate, you know your business, right? Invest in what you can control and stop chasing returns, right? So let's start with that, right? And then, and, 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 you know, get, get, trust your instincts because you're, you can make your business make more money than some fund manager you never met. So that's kind of, you know, I start with really, I'm the complete opposite of uh, just by anybody you heard in finance. I teach the opposite. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, <clears throat> and that's really interesting because, you know, you mentioned one of your principles there is, is uh, stop chasing returns. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing when they're investing is they want the highest return. They want really fast returns. So what is, you know, I guess when you say that, what does that principle translate to as far as 
results that people are getting in their in their investment. Well, you know, what's the focus, right? So are you investing for capital gains or cash flow? Right. So if you're chasing returns, you're gambling, basically, because an investment. So to invest means to cover fully. OK, to investigate, if you will. So you're focused on. So if you want to create financial freedom, financial freedom is a capability, right, of passive income greater than your expenses. OK, so that's that's what you're what you want if you want to become financial. Like so the brokers. That looks like you are your business generates cash flow, but are you buying the product that you're selling where you're buying a house or two every quarter, right? So you can get out the rat race, okay? The investors, y'all are already doing that. So it's really the emphasis is on um, not so much on net worth, but on cash flow because you can't eat equity, right? And so it's that's what I mean. See, rate of return, what, what you can't eat rate of return. Like I can show people, you know, like stock people, I can show you how you could average 25% average and not make a dime because average doesn't mean anything. Math is not money. And so what we're talking about is what are you buying an asset that you can, that will send you a check every month. And you, you can buy enough of those. So whatever your number is five grand a month, 10 grand a month, whatever your time frame is three years, five years, that's what you focus on. So you get what you focus on. And most people are not focused on that. They don't even know when they've won because they're not tracking it. They're just trying to go out there and, you know, they're all over the place. And, and um, that's the kind of thing. So I try to slow them down. What do you want and why? Right. Because see, most people, so when you hear, when you hear rates of return, what I mean by chasing rates of return, there's two schools of thought when it comes to money. Okay. There's the, uh, or financial planning, the accumulation theory. Okay. So how do you know you're hearing the accumulation theory? You hear things like buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt. Uh, um, you know, you're, you're in it for the long haul, <laughs> right? Um, uh, buy term invested difference, um, index universal life. All that is based on the, the accumulation theory. Okay. Because you're chasing returns, you're saying I'm going to get this here and I want it to go there. That's like house speculating. Your 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 flipping is is speculating, right? You're buying it. Not nah, it's more of a transactional business, not step on your toes. But if you're buying it and you are buying it betting on appreciation, you're not an investor. You're a gambler. You're speculating. Okay. And uh, so now, if you look on what institutions do with their money and teach, or if you look at the Buffets. We call that the velocity method, okay? So in real estate, your listeners would know the the Burr method. So I've got clients that are that are you know I have one of the top probably uh, uh, real estate invest well at least in my area anyway she's she's killing it, and uh, so I call her the Burr Queen, right? And so she's getting assets with leverage, right? Re uh, refurbishing them, refinancing, getting her money back out, and moving it into the next deal. That's velocity. How soon can I get my money back? If you ever look at Mr. Wonderful. So with institutions, they don't care about buying and holding. They want velocity. They don't care about um, getting out of debt. They want leverage. If you've got a, a half a million dollars cash and a half million dollars of debt, that is a balance sheet neutral decision. They're not trying to get out of debt, right? So you, you have to really think the opposite of personal finance. You stop wasting money trying to pay your mortgages off in five, six, seven years so you can get the cash flow. 
can you make your, you got a 4% mortgage. Let's say you got a mortgage you've had for a while. Okay. Can you make more money than 4%? Then stop trying to pay off the damn mortgage. Okay. And then, um, and then cash flow, right. And then, you know, that's where you're taught the rent term insurance banks and institutions put money in permanent insurance. And so what happens is everything I just mentioned in, in, in corporate finance, or we call the, the velocity method works in personal finance. You just have to be exposed to it. And so if you're just chasing returns, that means you don't really understand money yet. Right. So that's actually a really good point that you brought up there, because I think there's a lot of people who are maybe they're in debt or they have a mortgage and they, they a question that comes up all the time is, you know, should I pay off my mortgage or should I invest it and get some cash flow? Right. And then the point you brought up was that, you know, look at look at, you know, how much return you're getting as far as that, right? You're either saving money by paying off the mortgage or you're making money. So just, you know, what's making well, the Well, here's, here's the question. Though. So let's go there for a sec. Cause I just had this conversation with someone. I said, listen, just paying the mortgage off early make the value of the house go up? No. Okay. Does paying extra on your mortgage make the payment go down? No. Okay. And so, because it's a term loan. So you, all you're doing, because you got to look at it differently. See, the, the house to the bank is collateral. Okay. Their asset is the note, right? So if you are paying extra, you're strengthening their position and you're making yourself easier to foreclose on and you're turning it into another version of what we call a qualified plan because you see equity as money in the bank but only two ways to extract equity is to sell it or refinance it well what if the value of the properties come down what if all of a sudden you're disabled you have a business turnaround and the banks don't like you anymore your debt to ratio income ratio is off there's a lot of reasons why you might not be able to refinance. See, people take it as a given, right? So, you know, we kind of teach people to put it in a safe side fund where it allows you to have access to it and, and and you know, and keep it moving. But it's, it's you know, and, the you know, they let the Fed destroy the debt for you. You don't need to pay extra on it. We, we have a saying, don't hurry to a whooping, right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, because if you save it and you could turn around and, and keep your money active and go buy another asset. You know, and so people say, oh, well, I paid off early. I'll have all this cash flow. But what what else could you do? Because equity has a zero rate of return. Right. So, again, it goes back to really understand money. What is the highest, best use of your capital? You know, do you understand the concept of opportunity costs? Right. Because you finance everything you buy. You either pay interest, use someone else's money. But when you put your money in, you're giving up interest you could be earning. So you have to be able to see the whole picture you know because there's the scene and there's the unseen and you've got to train your 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 sight for the unseen and the unintended consequences of of kind of what you're doing and a lot of people don't look past the surface right and it's a really i would say a, a simpler concept than most people think right because they're i think a lot of people uh, overcomplicate investing but from what you said it's just about how much money are you gonna be able to earn when you invest your money into it, right? And it doesn't make sense. And what's the highest, the best possible return on the money that you have in order for that money to, you know, continue making you more money. Right. How soon can I get my money back so I can deploy it into another thing? That's velocity. Right. Absolutely. So, and that brings up another good question there, which is, you know, for a lot of big, uh, or not big, but just any business owner that's out there, right? Whether they're an investor or a realtor, 
um, you know, a lot of times they have, you know, cash sitting around or just revenues they've generated from their business. And they want to know, you know, I'm just kind of my business kind of just taken off right now. Should I invest it back into my business, whether if it's an ad spend or, you know, more marketing or just operations, or should I take this money and then invest it in assets and just continue running my business the way, you know, it's been run. So how do you make that decision? Well, the short answer is it depends, right? So one of the, so we teach the five principles of personal finance, but principle number four is liquidity, right? So six to 12 months or more of liquidity. Okay. So now your first, depending on the business. So if you're on, you know, commission, maybe three, four months, whatever you're comfortable with to have in operations, you know, because stuff happens, right? So if you're liquid, if things are in the downturn, you still have money to invest in marketing. So people, if things slow down, they, they stop marketing. Okay. Like, are you kidding? That's, that's the salvation, right? You can't stop doing that. And then what happens is if you're liquid, can't you buy up people that are illiquid and help them out by buying their assets? taking market share, you know, training your agents where people are not getting support, but you have the ability to invest in uh, your support of new agents, right? Which is your unique selling proposition. So you can attract top producers to you. So you need liquid liquidity, right? And so because you're, I view your best, this is where I'm different from most people. I view the biz. So my answer would be yes, def, definitely invest in a business because it's not risky for you because you understand it, right? You see, investing is not risky. Being uneducated is risky. So it goes back to what are the three rules? Investing what you know. So you know, you know how to recruit, you know how to sell, you know how to ramp your market up. If you don't know, then you need to invest in understanding marketing. What are the four ways to grow revenue of your business? I'm doing this with a, a real estate uh, uh, company this month. We're going over that with them uh, for her, for the broker and her agents who are financial clients of mine. And um, um, uh, same thing as a as an investor. I asked investor. I was talking to an investor the other day. I said, "Listen, on a scale of one to ten, what rate your knowledge about the stock market?" And they go one. Okay. I said, so how would you rate yourself on your real, they had real estate and they had a business, right? It's on your real estate and your, in your business that go eight or nine and they were being modest. Cause I'm sure it was higher than that, but then I would go, well, okay. So two years from now, would you rate yourself? Oh, probably 11 because as your knowledge goes up, your risk comes down. Right. So you know, but if you were, if I was, you know, you met Curtis 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh, you need a, you need a SEP IRA. You need a solo 401k. You need to put this, because I did that, right? But every time I had a downturn, I had to go back into my SEP, pull the money out, pay a penalty, sell my shares, you know, so you need liquidity. So most of y'all are way too illiquid. If you don't, you know, you need to, your first goal would be to have six months of your income in cash. Like if you, if you don't have that, don't even talk to me about investing, okay? Because you need to build your war chest because shit happens. Excuse the expression, right? <laughs> and um, so, and this, y'all know that already, right? So I'm just telling you what you already know. I'm, so I'm telling you, lean into and trust yourself, right? Two plus two is four. This is not that complicated. You know, I don't care about standard deviations or the beta of this and all that BS. That that has nothing to do with you. That's for um, employees.
who don't right. want to learn how to invest because investing is about becoming it's not about buying something you, you know and you have to become a good investor you have to become a good business owner and that takes work that takes transformation and but as you become your risk goes down absolutely and that's so important for people to understand right you want to invest in what you, you know and as a business owner the thing that you well in theory should know the most about is your business so that's actually in in a way becomes the best investment for a business right, owner is to right. reinvest back into the business and then what do you invest in marketing sales systems and people if you want to break it down like where do i deploy my capital marketing you know do you have a system do you have a marketing system do you have a uh, a follow-up system where you're orchestrating referrals do you have a database system to make sure your people are getting touched every 90 days you know because retention is a profit center right and so those type of things that's your gym leadership in your personal development what are you doing to get better and how much you are you reading uh, 10 to 15 pages a day you know uh 10x is equal to 2x you know uh easier than 2x you know that kind of stuff reading books on sales or marketing or business development like that's the investment is in between your two ears right and that's a part that i think a lot of people miss is investing in themselves right investing in their personal development and would you say that it's difficult for people to kind of invest in themselves or at least see it as an investment because there's not, I guess, a clear return on investment because it's one thing to, you know, invest in yourself, but like, how do you actually know what's worked and what hasn't? I see a clear return on investment. Okay. And uh, so I, I, you know, because see, because we're, see, because where does revenue come from? Where does money come from? Right. Money, so what you invest in is your mindset, your skill set, and your network, right? So skill set, money follows value. Money is a result of creating value in the marketplace. So the only way to create value in the marketplace is to get better at skills, at sales, at negotiation, at marketing. Marketing is having somebody to talk to, right? <laughs> First, you got to have, you know, one, you got to have something to say, right? So you got to have a, my mentor, uh, Don Bland says, you got to have something to say. So you got to have a something that creates a transformation for people but then you got to have somebody to say it to marketing so you want to invest in you know in, in that team building and so you can see it so i all i can tell you i can show you my income from what i invest in personal development and the growth in my income the first one when i went through master mentor this program it was almost 10 grand to go through it and i i I was scared to do it. I says, all right, I, I was having a little bit of success in the guarantee this program. Well, if you go through this and you don't make at least uh, by the, this time next year, $250,000, we'll give your money back. That was my first, this is like um, six years ago, five or six years ago. And I was scared to death to put my credit card down on this thing. And um, uh, I didn't make it, but I made about two twenty-five. I was like, okay. And then I double down, I start working. So every time you, I get a new idea, you have to implement. You can't just go to stuff. See, people just are professional students. You have to come out and take a thing you're going to implement, right, that will make you money. So I'm good at implementing. I'm good at going to networking events and turning people I have meet into clients or strategic partners. So investing in your network, who do you know? And more importantly, who knows you? And because um, success is something you attract by the person that you become. I'm quoting Jim Rohn there. And uh, so, yeah, you can definitely see it, right? Because you can't get a 10 if you're a four. 
They're not right. going to do business right. with you. They're not going to join you. They're not going to, you know, if you're a real estate investor, real estate investors solve problems. It's a, it's a financing game. It's helping people solve problems. It's negotiation. So you have to get better at that. The solving, you know, what are the 15 different ways you can buy a property, right? You only know one or two, then you're going to miss a lot of stuff. So you have to invest in getting better. You have to invest in learning how to raise capital. You have to invest in, you know, all kinds of stuff. I got on my show, he could show you how to invest in, if you could raise money instead of just worrying on banks, what if you could raise money and you could literally get any deal you could find, you could raise the money you needed for it in two or three weeks. What would that do for your investing? Well, there's courses on that. Take one of them, you know, and if the course is two grand, but it helped you make a, a, a hundred thousand, then, and you're not making that or 200,000, what did it cost you not to know that is another way to look at it. That's a really good way to look at it actually. And for a lot of investors, right, because they're in such a capital intensive business and such a risk, you know, risk-based business that mm -hmm. if you're actually investing in your own education as an investor specifically, it can actually save you a lot of money because you're not making the mistakes that you would have made had yes. you not got through the education. As your knowledge goes up, your risk comes down. Yep, absolutely. Just like you said, right? So invest in the things that you know, and then also invest in yourself because that's how you, you know, build build up a better, like you said, build up a better client base. If you're an investor, has how you attract more, uh, more uh, invest private lenders, if you will. And right, then if you're right. an agent, better clients. If you're a broker, better agents. So it's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, that's my, I'm a testament to that. All I do is I've, I've, uh, I was, I was horrible when I first started this. I'm introverted. I, um, but I wanted to win and I, I, um, and if I saw somebody that was doing it, I would figure out what they're doing and I'd figure it out, you know, I, when I was in middle school, I read George Gervin. So for y'all young people, that's Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. Okay. Um, shooting six, eight, six, nine shooting guard who played for the Spurs, but I read he shot 600 shots a day. I says, okay, there's a clue. So guess what? I had a buddy of mine was all state and we would work out during the summers every day, full court one-on-one. And then we do shooting drills and we would literally jack up for 500 shots a day. Well, I ended up being all, all city, my senior year in high school you know, and, and playing basketball. So you, you know, so I do that with everything, right? It's, it's, you have to get in and I love these videos. If you do Kobe Bryant videos and you see his work ethic of working out three times a day and just his mindset and shooting a thousand shots a day that works in business. I do that works in everything because it's, it doesn't matter. So that's the reps and see if you don't want to do that, you should get a job. I say, you know, go work at, I'm from Philly, go work at Wawa or 7-Eleven, you know, <laughs> because you got to want to look, if you ain't even busy, you're not trying to make at least a hundred thousand dollars a year. You, what, what's the point? That's not even a lot of money. And so, so you have to, um, uh, and today with inflation, you know, it used to be a lot of money, but it's, it's not a lot of money now. And, you know, but if you are, I'm, you know, if as an agent, let's say you're not doing that, well, what's your average price per sale? And how many of those do you, you need? You know, do you want to work with investors? Do you want to work with first time home buyers? You know, like you've got to, you can't be all things to all people because they're different languages of, of 
of the market you're working with. You know, investors don't care about what the bathroom looks like and all that kind of stuff. They just, what's my RO, you know, cash from cash return on this? You know, you need to be able to talk that kind of language to them if you want to attract them and know how to find them the deals they're looking for that they can get where they can make a profit as opposed to, oh, this is a lovely house. And, and it's neither one. There's nothing wrong with either one. You just got to decide you're going to do both or what's your your specialty. You're going to get with somebody. I was talking to a, 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 an agent friend of mine. So listen, you want to buy a couple that will buy one house every six or seven years? Or could you develop five, eight people that will buy two houses a year for the next five years? Because you're going to show them how to use real estate as their retirement plan. Right. I think, you know, most agents will pick the second client because it's more deal flow and it's more, uh, more repeat clients. Right. And that's why, you know, it's important. Well, so the work. problem with that is you have to, because real estate and mortgage people also are very transactional. So they get bored with that. Okay. And so right. in the financial world, we have a client for life mentality because you get renewals or whatever. And so, you know, after you do the deal, you got to go find somebody else. But if you kind of start to look at it, this is what I try to teach people to do. It's like, listen, could you help a person? I had, uh, so for example, here's a, here's a thought. So what if you could, um, could you help, if somebody wanted to retire, you start looking at your business like this. So listen, if, uh, let's say you want to retire on, or not retire, but become financially free and you want $10,000 a month. Well, Let's say uh, you could debt five hundred dollars a month after stuff on profit off a rental property. So what is that? Ten, twenty? What is that? Okay, I'm going blank right now. What is that? Uh, ten houses, two houses a year for the next five years is ten houses, right? At five hundred dollars, right. it's five thousand dollars a month. So if you want ten, you need twenty. So could you sit down with them and help them track out a game plan, help them get financially, build a team, get a good mortgage person, get a good financial person, build your team and uh, be the lead advisor and helping them use real estate as the vehicle, as opposed to stocks to helping them become financially free. Think of the referrals you would get, you know, think of the, you know, that, who'd be interested in that, but you have to slow down. Think of how you would do that. It's helpful if you're doing that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but that's the, you know, the kind of stuff that I, you know, I try to get people to think about. Cause I think, you know, now you're, you're doing that with risk with, I mean, not with, with, with leverage, with cash flow. I mean, you know, if you want $10,000 a month, that's $110,000 a year. You need like you had a million dollars in a, in a 401k, you would need at the safe withdrawal rate, a million dollars would bring you $40,000 a year at, at 4% safe withdrawal. And some yeah. people say it's lower than that, but that's 40,000. So 2 million would get you eight eighty thousand. 80,000. So you still need over $2 million. Whereas, and if you want a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock, you need a hundred thousand dollars. Ain't no leverage in that, right? So if you want a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars in real estate, you maybe could do that with $200,000 because the bank will loan you the difference, right? But that's becoming. So you got to learn how to manage debt and all that kind of stuff. But you can do it with more leverage. But you got to, it's how do you think about it? Or are you transactional? Right. And that's, I, I made somebody some money there. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, call <laughs> me. All right, we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you made a lot of people money there because you're right. Agents are very transactional in their mindset, right? But I think- you know, if you start thinking about your business, like the way you just talked about, right, where you, you become essentially the lead of kind of this investment 
retirement financial planning team for your clients, then that way you are, you know, you're able to kind of just as an agent do what financial planners do, which is, you know, like you said, have just a different asset life. class, right? Because there's right. four asset classes. And we talk about investing business, real estate, paper, and commodities. But when you look at the four for hundred, how do they get rich? Business and real estate. Mostly, right? And uh, so like, that's how I operate. I'm the quarterback of your, of the other financial team. Yes, I position myself. So there's a lot of stuff. We take people through a, a process called principles-based planning. But what we're looking at is, you know, what do you want and why? What are the principles, right? So the first principle is save. Like, because people think you're supposed to be investing. No, I want you saving. Let me define saving. Safe, liquid, accessible guaranteed okay so i want you saving 15 to 20 percent of your gross income and so that that's why why because you need three or four months so you need to every time you get a commission check i would want to see you sweep 10 15 percent into we, we teach our clients create a wealth capture or wealth coordination account and you're going to um um a great book for y'all guys is is profit first for real estate agents so I kind of teach that and profit first for real estate investors of really how to manage. Most wealth is lost by how people manage cash flow. And so you don't pay yourselves. Uh, you don't take profit first. You think, well, after I pay everybody, pay all my people, I get to uh, let keep what's left over. I take profit first. I take 15% of every check that hits my account. I set aside 15% for taxes. You got to run on a Caesar with a Caesars, right? And so, and then I try to live on 35% and I try to run my business on 35%. So that's, that's you know, so you got to be, re I'm really anal about cash flow. And I look at it every week, really. And uh, what do I got coming up? What bills are due? And then I'm directing it. So we call it in our system, cash flow mapping, telling your money where to go instead of asking where it went. So you really have to run your, your real estate business like a business. You need to run your sales business. Even if you're not a broker, you're an agent. You're in business for yourself, right? Not necessarily by yourself because you got a broker, but you've got to see yourself as you're your chief marketing officer, you're your chief financial officer, you know, and you got to wake up and see. And the other thing is that you got to move now you got me in a roll. So let me know if I need when I did wind it down. The uh, You've got to Here's the other problem people go into, not so much real estate, but in the sales, you have to, you're living, you have to live in the performance economy, right? So there's no check waiting for you on Friday. You have to make shit happen, right? And so you got to market, you got to get out. What am I going to do today? You, you know, you need to have your week planned out or here are the events I'm going to attend. Here is the, you know, I'm training agents, insurance agents on this. And it's like, all right, well, I got to, um. Uh, you know, like, so for example, I have a goal to develop 10 strategic alliance partners. I have a show on my, um, uh, that we did with, uh, uh, some of y'all may know, Jen Duplessis, who's like a serious mortgage coach now coach, she coaches like high level mortgage people and real estate people. So I interviewed her on my show and she said, yeah, I did a hundred million dollars in business, 10 or 15 years in a row, working 30 hours a week with 23 referral partners, strategic alliance partners. 
And they all, she had a whole system for it where they gave her, you know, anywhere from one to five people a month. And all of her business came from 23 strategic alliance partners. So, and I I was, I remember listening, going, wait, what did she just say? And I said, I, in my mind, that was a quarter million, at least a quarter million dollars idea. I was like, listen, I hope y'all pay attention. She just gave y'all a gym, a quarter million dollar gym. And so one of my marketing objectives for now to end of the year is I want by the end of the year, 10 strategic alliance partners. You know, I've got about three now. So I want seven more by the end of the year that, and then we will meet with each other once or twice a month. And I'm going to help them go. I'm acting as their growth coach. I give them a private website and then they, you know, here's when you run to people that need me, here's a website created for you where you can introduce them. I'm teaching them how to do the same thing, you know, for their other people, you know, your title company, your home, home inspection people, the mortgage people, you know, you need to develop relationships where you all help each other grow and uh, and stop worrying about competition. Worry about collaboration is the key. Yeah, that absolutely. I'll try to give you some tactical stuff. And then I just help people do be tactical about their financial plan because see your financial plan precedes the business plan. So everybody's running around trying to invest, but you don't save. You're, you're underinsured, you don't have proper life insurance, you don't have proper umbrella coverages, or you know, uh um you're driving people around maybe and you don't have the um what are those things called? Um proper liability coverage in your car. You don't have uh, investors, you don't have umbrella coverage. You think, well, I got I had a client, she had like four LLCs, she had like three million dollars worth of property, and you know, she had a hundred thousand dollars cash flow coming from her property. She says, Okay. And I, I do this little one page plan. I said, Well, do you have umbrella coverage? No, what's that? I said, well, I, ha- I have LLCs. Well, that's limited liability company, right? Your first line of defense is insurance, right? You need to, tra- you know, somebody slips on for one of your properties. You need to make sure you just give it to the insurance company and their lawyers will go to work to defend you and make this thing go away because they're not trying to pay out. And so before you get to an entity, so that's something you see. Most people don't know how they work. They have different people, most even in, in insurance business, transactional. So we pull that together. Do you have a, have you created a legacy of wealth and wisdom? Are you liquid in that? Because most of y'all are focused on my fifth principle, which is velocity, how to make money, how to create sales. Okay. But what could happen to you while you're building this empire? Could you get sick? Could you get sued? Could you have a fire? Could you die? Well, you have to play defense. That's why, I, you know, we teach people to save, then protect, then leave a legacy, then create liquidity. And you're most of y'all, if you're listening, you're already in velocity, but we need to work back to make sure that we're building your house on rock and not sand. Right. On a good foundation. On and good foundation. You, you brought up the good a good point there, which is saving, right? And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, I think maybe earlier in the show or maybe even before the show of the infinite banking concept. So in your idea of saving, right, should, you know, should people just be saving directly to their savings account or should they be kind of rushing over to create um, the infinite bank that, you know, I think there's been a couple of guests that's talked about it, but everybody has a little bit different opinion there. So what, what yeah, would you- so what I do? So the question <laughs> starts with is where do you store your cash? So I actually put a little step in front of the policy. So what I so let's say you're making, and it could be more than this. I'm just going to give you a, a number. So the our framework is this: principles drive strategy, 
strategy drives tactics. Okay. So the principle, my principle number one is save, right? So if you're not saving 15, 20% of your income, or unless you've got a big pile of capital set up, you can't do infinite banking. Okay. Because it is a saving strategy. Like you have to cap a bank can't make a loan until you make a deposit. Right. So most of the time, I have to help people find the money. That's why I do it. I'm not assuming you're saving 15, 20%. I got to go in and let's look at your cash flow and get you setting aside the money. So the step one, so here's a here's a a, a, a really tactical tip. Create a wealth capture, we call it a wealth coordination account. And again, every off the profit, you set aside 10 or 15% into that. Now from that money, we help people move that money into a properly structured dividend paying whole life, right? Okay. So if they say something other than whole life, they're not doing infinite banking. Okay, hint, hint. So oh, we can put an IUL. No, you can't. Okay, Nelson Nash return over is great. So yes, I'm stepping on some toes, but they're, I disagree with them. Let me just say that. <laughs> All right. And, um, but I learned it from Nelson. All right. So, you know, he studied Austrian economics for 60 years. He's new Jack's been around two minutes. They think, oh, well, I got the spreadsheet and the spreadsheet said, listen, stop it. And uh, so, <laughs> so we, um, I told you I step on toes, right? And so what happens is I try to get people to save it through the policy. Why? Because you get access to capital. It's because it's an and asset, right? Once you save it. So now our client, because most of my clients are real estate investors, right? So our clients capitalize your systems. Then, for, I got people that now have enough that where they just, they have enough money to be the hard money person. I got people that don't like real estate, they do hard money lending, but we got a lot of money because they make a lot of money. So we put a lot of money in the policy and then they can collateralize it, mean borrow against what you save. Now you get access to capital, you get uninterrupted compounding because your money keeps growing. And so if you put 40,000 in for a down payment, you borrowed against your policy. Well, your money's still in the policy making money. You've acquired the asset, right? So, and you get the loan for the balance, right? So you really got 100% financing because you're not even using your money, using the insurance company's money. And then out of your cash flow or out of the bar method, out the cash out, you pay your policy off because there's no, it's an unstructured payment. So there's no like, you can't go over. It's no time frame on it. Or you can just give yourself an amortization schedule. It's like you are, yeah. see, because the thing is, you want to marry into the family. See, the bank becomes your third business, right? Because you want to look at it as a franchise. And so now what if you could get the profit that you're giving away to hard money lenders, that you're giving away to Bank of America. And so you now, you're the you're the depositor, you're the bank, and you're the borrower, and you're borrowing to buy the asset. But now you basically have an aquarium where you're controlling all of the money. And it just makes your um, everything. If you can control the financing, everything you do becomes it's like flying a plane with, with a perpetual tailwind. Everybody that every every investment gets more profitable long range because you're you know, you still have the asset. Your money's still making money. You're you're resending the money. Being an honest banker means if you get the money from the insurance policy at four and and let's say right now rates are seven, then you should charge yourself fair market rates and pay it back at seven because what you do is just drive more capital into your system. But that's the strategy, right? And then the tactic is the product you buy, life insurance. You don't need life insurance to do banking, but it works better. 
Okay. You can do banking, leaving money in a Folgers coffee can in your house or with a checking account. <laughs> banking is just a money management is a concept, right? Uh, the insurance is not the bank. See, most people, what they do is they hear half of something on TikTok or IG and they think it's about rates of return. So if you're talking about in terms of rates of return, arbitrage, all that BS, they talk about that people will get out there and talk about infinite. It's not that complicated. Okay. Where do you store your cash? All right. You know, save money. And then if you have a big ticket item, anything you can't pay for in full within monthly cash flow or an opportunity, you can leverage that cash and now have your cake and eat it too, because it's not either or, it's and. It's both and. And so if you can do that, you're more efficient. So if you want to create maximum wealth, you have to create maximum efficiency first. So if I can make $1, do three or four jobs at the same time, that's called velocity through simultaneous use. And that's what insurance gives you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really exciting for a lot of people to hear that because, and this is the first time I've kind of seen it in this, this way as well, after hearing a lot of people talk about infinite banking, which is you have your money in the insurance policy that's making money on it by itself. And then you can borrow against that money that you have and then use it to buy more assets. So basically, if you look at it, right, it's doing two things, right? That right. same pool of money is making you money in two different ways because of just the way that it's structured. That's really exciting for a lot of people to uh, to be able to Because you're already used that. to velocity and investors are, you know, real estate people already used to collateralization because they do it with the house. Right. So real estate's <laughs> just another asset class. They really go hand in hand. I have a report on you. So I'm gonna give it, I gotta get get the link for it. I'll send it to you for the show notes, IBC and real estate, right? And I'll I, it's like a short report, but it really shows you how they're similar and they and they work together. And I think your listeners will find that interesting. Yep. <clears throat> I think absolutely they will. And just to just one last thing, you know, for somebody who was starting out and you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about infinite banking is um you want to make sure you're saving first, right? If you haven't done any saving before, you want to save money first. And the wealth accumulation account, that's just a savings account. Yeah, it's right? just and savings then- or checking account. Only thing I'm doing, so what I want to do is savings has to be automatic and systematic, right? So a lot of time you can do them concurrently, but a lot of time I run into people, they're not saving anything. Then I just want to see if they can save. So I might not let them do a policy, I do this. I'm insurance. I do this stuff. This is what, that's all I do. If I don't do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I teach principles-based planning. I teach the, 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 we call it the private reserve strategy, but how to be the bank. And then we use the tactic is dividend paying whole life. But this, but the first strategy is part of understanding part of all your earnings, yours to keep paying yourself first and just proving to yourself, even if you are living on commission, so that's why you have to get used to saving even on erratic income, which, you know, we have a program called cash flow map and we help people figure that out because your bills are static, right? Your income fluctuates. So, and that's a marking problem. That means you have a marking problem, right? But what you want to do is wherever that is, but I want to see that you can do it. And then when you do a policy, don't you don't need to redline it right do what's affordable and comfortable for you because what we show people how to do is expand it as their income expands because what i always tell people look you know if you're doing this or you're investing your future is bigger than your past so i don't bet on the come i want to do what you can do now 
what's affordable and comfortable. And then we will look at your finance and keep finding money. Even if I find new money, we're not going to put in the policy just yet. We'll get the policy where you can do it. And then we'll fund your wealth capture account. And then we'll see how you're growing. And then maybe it's time to expand your system. But I kind of let it grow organically, naturally, so that you can, you know, because I don't, you don't need to be stressed out over it, right? Oh, I got this premium coming up. You, you, you know, uh, some people don't respond well to that. And then, you know, if you're down for a couple of months, um, you still need to be able to do this because, you know, this is the solution. It's not the problem. And, um, you know, you just got to have a whole, you got to think long range, which Nelson says, don't be afraid to capitalize, pay the premium. Um, be an honest banker. Don't steal the peas, which means when you take a loan, pay yourself back and you got to rethink your thinking. Right. And um, and start to see the bank because all your money is going into somebody's bank already. Why not yours? Because banking is the concept, creating a pool of capital that you control that can move at cost to meet some needs you have. So, you know, if you get a big commission check or y'all do a flip, where's it going? It's going to somebody's bank. Why not yours? Your rents are going into somebody's bank. Why not yours? Our clients use their rents to pay the premium. And then they, or they do a cash out. We, we, we dump it in a policy and then they look for another deal. They collateralize your policy, go do their thing and just watch rinse and repeat. So it's all about velocity of money. Yep, absolutely. I love that. And I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about it after they hear, hear this. And uh, Curtis, just want to thank you again for being on the show and sharing a lot of practical wealth advice, uh, like the headline of the your show <laughs> <laughs> says and suggests. But um, for the people that are listening to this or watching this that want to know more about what you do, you mentioned you have a free report. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the best ways for people to find you or to follow you or maybe follow your show as well? So the best way is to go to our, our site, practicalwealth.net. Um, and there it'll take you to our programs as a content hub where, where we have a, sh uh, the, on iTunes, you know, or wherever you listen to podcasts, the practical wealth show, it'll also take you to our YouTube channel where we have the, the show and other videos that I create just to, I'm a financial educator at the core. Right. And, um, we've got our, in our content hub, other podcasts I've been on or articles that we've got out there in our blog. So that's, if you just like a one shot fit all, if you go to IG, what's that thing called? Uh, link tree, you can go to our link tree yeah. and, um, there and on the website, if you, um, uh, you know, we have like, uh, where you can, you know, I have a, a little link. It says become the bank where we'll send you a little left free lesson where you can, um, get a, a, a like a short video on basically a, a introduction to the banking process if you go uh to the site and just reach out you know we'll also if you if you're really curious you can go on our link tree and or in the website and just schedule a complimentary consultation let's see uh you know we talk about i'll talk about wherever you want to talk about i'll show you what we do and see if there's a good fit and um um or i had somebody call me who's from a realtor I was like yeah i want to sell my house and uh i want to take the money and one, the first question is the money taxable off the profit off his house of his residence. And then he wants to put all the money into the new house, which I'm vehemently opposed to. And uh, <laughs> so I sent him a little lesson on why that, you know, we still haven't gotten together yet because this is over the weekend as, as we record this, but that kind of stuff. So it's just, you, you don't know, you don't know. All you know is what you hear. And I, I told her, I said, if, if, if what you know, what you thought that be true, turned out not to be true 
when would you like to find out? Right. And so I challenge that, you know, a lot of the stuff that you hear is not true. And so I try to, I don't tell people what to think. I try to show people, here's how stuff works. And what do you want to do? What's, what's true for you? And so I'm a, definitely a financial educator and I want you to think Curtis doesn't want to tell you what to think. And that's, that, that's how we roll. So if you like that, listen, like, and share. And, um, you know, if I'm, if you're really curious, if I haven't pissed you off thoroughly, then call me <laughs> or, or make an appointment. I hope I piss you off. You know, Dan Candy said, if you haven't pissed off half the people by noon, you, you're not marking hard enough. So <laughs> absolutely, man. We'll make sure to leave all of that in the show notes in the description down below. So it's easy to find. Uh, mm -hmm. but other than that, Curtis, thank you again for being here and, uh, thank you all for tuning in. But before we let you go, is there any last pieces of advice, any last tips you want to leave with us? Um, I would have you read Become Your Own Banker. I think Profit First, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And um, matter of fact, email me at kurtmay at gmail.com. I haven't created a page for this yet. And I'll send you a recommended reading list of, of what I think you should be uh, thinking about. I got hyperlinks. They'll take you right to Amazon. And um, you want to get, you want to read 12, 10 to 12, 15 pages a day. And if you do that, you'll be a different person this time next year. Absolutely. And you make more money. You can't not make more money if you if you improve your skills. Absolutely. That's a great tip, Curtis. And uh, Curtis, thank you again for being on the show. And thank you for tuning in. And we will see you guys on the next show. Thanks Take for care. having me. Thanks, guys.